And this is our ritzy new lectern. So this is a music stand. I just can't be, we're supposed to be behind the thing and I just, I can't stand it. I have to be further than my droplets and closer than. So this is kind of a compromise. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being here. I know it's going to be slow for us to get the whole team together, but it's just <clears throat> so wonderful to see people in 3D. I feel like I'm in a movie with the glasses. And after two years of Zoom, it's, it's just nice to be in the same place at the same time. Well, we're coming to the close of what's been like an eight-part series on the I Am Sayings. Thank you for your patience and sitting through all of this. I want Today we're looking at the passage that it's really all about. This is the reason, the whole reason I did the series, because this passage is taken literally by the church, and it's a tremendous problem. When Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life, no one comes to God or to the heavenly parent except through me. This is a kind of poetry and a cosmic poetry. And once you get to spot it, it's easy to understand what John is doing. When we take symbols literally, um, we destroy them. A symbol is something that points at that which can't be said. You don't need symbols for things that you could put in the Apostles' Creed, right? The, John is trying to share a kind of mystical experience, a sense of reverence, a sense of, of the interconnectedness of things. And he feels it, but he can't put it in words. Jesus has been dead a long time when he starts putting this together. So this is not an eyewitness writing this. This is a master poet weaving together uh, a story that will help us understand our place in the universe. If you look at John, it's very different than the other books in the New Testament. For example, John doesn't have parables. If you think about it, the other books have these kind of teaching stories. John is a parable. right? The whole thing is a story using human beings to illustrate cosmic truths. Um, but it doesn't make any sense once it's been taught to you literally. In the beginning was the word, the word is God. All this kind of stuff is just, you know, really hard to take in. Um, there's no communion service because the whole thing is sacramental. John, is, is the, the whole thing is a parable about the sacred in our lives. There's no virgin birth. No Christmas story. No temptation. No exorcism with demons and beasties and that kind of thing. No call to repent. Very strange, very different. So this is to be understood as cosmic poetry. It's mystical poetry, which means it's talking not about history, but about your life and who you are in the cosmos. And John is understanding Jesus is helping us understand that. John uses what are called the I am sayings, and there are eight of them. The church acts like there's only one. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes. To, and, and they take that literally. But nobody takes it literally when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Right? Nobody says, well, Jesus had gluten. 
You know, you just, you don't do that. Or when Jesus says, I'm the gate, nobody's looking for the little hinge uh, of the thing. And particularly that, that very Zen-like saying, before Abraham was, I am. I mean, that should be the clue. This is not literal Greek. You would never use this combination of words in, in classical Greek. The, the word I am is the, the Greek translation of the divine name. So just behind this whole series is the burning bush, this incredible experience of, of something sacred coming through ordinary life and ordinary experience. John's purpose, I think, is to turn the light on in your life. Right? Not to get you to believe something happened a long time ago. I don't believe that Moses had a magical bush. I think what he was experiencing was this radiant light in every bush. Every bush is a flame with something sacred. All of being is an expression of something sacred. But you can't really say that. You can't really talk about the source of being, right? Because you're coming out of it. You're being born out of it all the time. A stream can't find its source because it's flowing out of the source. Light can't turn around and see the sun because it's emanating out of the sun. In the same way, whatever your source is, you're radiating out of it. And you find it by living out of it. You don't find it by making an object that you worship and say nice things about. You realize it's the source of your being and you give yourself fully as an expression of that. In this series, we've used Van Gogh as a way of trying to understand this kind of torturous sense of something invisibly beautiful behind our experiences. You look at the tortured life of Vincent Van Gogh. He's trying to, to share with us what he's seeing in sunflowers. This fireworks explosion of colors. He looks up at the night sky and he sees these uh, spirals that I never saw when I looked up at the night sky. But then you see those pictures of Jupiter and it looks like Van Gogh painted it. Right? His intuition was running ahead of his experience because he felt himself to be emanating out of this source and he was tortured. He couldn't say it. He couldn't share it. And the other people around him couldn't see it. That kind of a sense, I think, if we understand the mystics, the poets through the ages, they're trying to share something. Not in their experience, but in your experience, in my experience. That there is a radiant light all around us. We are surrounded by this thing. We're searching for something that's everywhere which is kind of a sad plight. So they tell us stories. They tell us poems that help us catch ourselves and begin not to think about the sacred, but to experience it. I believe that Jesus in this story is saying, you know, he's asked the question, you know, show us the source, lay the source out. And he's trying to say that's, who I am, right? This is, this is what I am. This is what you are kind of thing, but, but, but it's hard. And John is very skillfully having everybody miss the point. That's so that you get the point. If you ever on your cell phone and you see those puzzles, they're trying to sell you, they always have, they do it wrong. And they're so simple. You're like, I could do that. And then you buy the puzzle and that's what they were trying to do. 
right? So John is trying to frustrate us by having uh, the religious leaders, the political leaders so dumb that they're not getting this mystical truth and we almost want to shout it kind of thing. It's a, it's a device. We live in an incredibly difficult time right now, a time of great grief, turmoil of loss. And the people listening to Jesus lived in a very similar time. They couldn't see down the road. They couldn't figure this out. Jesus was about to be executed by the state as a criminal. And when modern Christians choose, they choose the law enforcement, the the clergy. That's missing the point here. We're being called to realize the sacred worth of every human being. Just because somebody has a a tie hat or a fancy robe does not mean they're any more important than somebody who's sleeping out in the cold tonight. So Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. As a preacher, I have an obligation to do the three points. I don't like it, but somebody has to. So so what do you think when Jesus says, I am the way? If you don't believe me, that's okay. Believe in what I'm doing. Now, that's not what I was taught in church or in seminary, right? It's supposedly about believing in this person, Jesus. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not talking about a person. He's talking about a path. He's not talking about you groveling before him. He's talking about you finding the greatness within yourself and and manifesting that. So he says, you know, if you don't believe me, believe in what I do. He says the works I do, you will do in greater works. Were you taught that in Sunday school? And then my favorite here in these I am sayings, I no longer call you students, I call you friends. See, that's love. That's somebody who's not trying to get you to worship them. They're trying to get you to understand the, the, um, the sacred within you. But there's only certain ways we can live and experience that. And that's what this onlyness means. Only love. Only radical love, only universal love. That it does have certain properties. There's certain ways that a human being has to live to experience the depths of our being. Jesus is not a genie who we pray to and will give us everything we ask. That's what it looks like it's saying in English. But if you could see the tenses of the Greek, what it's saying is if you pray long enough, you're going to be asking for the things that are sacred, that are loving, that are holy. You will be transformed by the life of devotion. It's not that God is going to say, okay, you know, you want the lottery, that's fine, we'll do that. You've lived long enough to know you're not going to get everything you pray for. But this is even better than that, is it this life of prayer changes your heart So you begin to want things like love and justice and compassion. So first thing is, Jesus says, I'm the way. The second thing is, he says, I'm the truth. And if you've been propagandized long enough by religion, what that means is to believe propositional truth. Believe the Apostles' Creed. 
believe the Nicene Creed. Jesus is talking before those things were written. By truth, I believe he means reality. That in the realities of your life, you don't have to pretend that you believe something that you don't believe. But to realize that that life is speaking to you all the time. John puts Thomas in these stories because Thomas, the philosopher, the philosopher, right? He wants to turn everything into ideas, into beliefs. And so Jesus says, uh, the way that I'm going, you already know. Now that's going to drive a philosopher crazy, right? So Thomas representing our intellectual, this kind of distance view of religion says, well, how can we know the way? Logically, that's impossible. I can't know the way. So what do you think John is trying to say there? I mean, John's coming a long time. He wasn't there when it happened. He's a very skillful teacher using the legends and the myths and this kind of thing to awaken us. I think what he's saying is that I am is the wisdom that holds the universe together. When Jesus is saying I am, he's almost quoting the Sophia passage is the wisdom. In the beginning was this wisdom that, that wove everything together. And what it's saying is because you are the child of that wisdom, you resonate with life, with the universe. The pulse within you resonates with the pulse of nature. The patterns in your mind resonate with the patterns in the sky and, and microscopic Level. So we're being led by life itself, that the, the wisdom within us recognizes the wisdom that is all over, around us. But it is all around us, and that what, that's what makes it impossible to see. Another example that we used was of a fish trying to see the ocean. We want our source to be a noun that we can look at. The words that are being used are not nouns, they're adverbs. Heaven or the kingdom of God is an adverb in the original Hebrew. A fish looking for the ocean is not going to find it, right? Because it's in the ocean. Unless it gets a helicopter and gets up high, um, takes some geography lessons. What it will experience is a sense of buoyancy. Maybe a saltiness. I don't know if they taste salt or not. The nutrients that it feels as it swims around. It experiences life through adverbs, right? And those qualities are right there in your experience. If the sacred has to take human form, you're not going to see it very often. There's so few of us saints. That's definitely a laugh line. (laughs) But we're all in the same boat, right? But what Van Gogh is trying to say is the beauty's all around you. But if you look at that flower longer, it's, it's going to speak to you. And that's what, what John is trying to say. Let not your hearts be troubled. You may feel abandoned. Let not your heart be troubled. I will not leave you orphaned. And then there's that convoluted poetry of I'm in the parent, the parent's in me, you're in me. It all, the only part of that you have to get is that you're a part of the web of life. 
you don't have to go looking for it. What you love in Jesus is the source, and it's as much in you as it was in Jesus. He just was more sensitive to that. So the gift that Van Gogh is trying to give us, that John is trying to give us, is that Moses didn't run across a magic bush. Every bush you walk by is radiating the cosmic beauty. It's all around us. There, there's a, 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 a cosmic dance, a cos- cosmic symphony going on at all times, a light show that's all around us. If we look for it in human form, we're not necessarily going to see it. Nature was not created for us. We were created out of nature. So we harmonize ourselves to it. We harmonize ourselves to the tree of life. And then we're home. We're home. The last thing, which is good. I think this is going a little long here today. Um, The way, the truth, the life. And it's not just personal life. It's the common life. The interwovenness of things. When Jesus says only me, it's the onlyness of universality. If you want to walk the narrow path, be a universalist. There's sectarians all over the planet. There's egoists all over the planet. But the number of people who live their lives in universal love is extremely rare. And that's the life that you are invited to. If Jesus was saying, this is the only way. Why is John saying things like, um, in God's house, there's many rooms. Why don't you add that in there? There's diversity within that unity. Why would he say there's sheep and other pastures that are mine? That's another one of the I am sayings. Why, do you, why would he say it's like a gate that you go in and you're kind of cloistered in one community and then it's a gate you go out? It doesn't help the world to have sectarian religion. It tears the world to pieces. But if communities consecrate themselves to the common good, they become change agents for the whole world. But we have to realize what we're talking about is not sectarian religion, but a kindred sympathy with all. That's the only that Jesus is talking about. Only a love that's radical and universal. It's going to cut it. Everything else is going to implode. Could you show the picture? This is this. I'm I'm wrapping up. I promise. This is our last Van Gogh painting. I've really enjoyed being able to do the Van Gogh. This is our last one that we're looking at. This is uh, it's called Avenue of Poplars at Sunset. There's that sense of going home to me. It's a setting sun. It looks like. Um, that kind of sense that the way, the path is leading us to our home. Whenever you see heavenly parent, that word father shows up like 13 times in this text, but it's all a symbol for the source of being. The source is not male, right? If God is male, that's kind of depressing on date night, right? You got three bachelors in heaven for all eternity. I mean, it's... Good idea for sitcom, it's a bad cosmology. 
But it's only a step away uh, in, in lunacy to say that source is human. It has a human shape. It's like us. We'll never find our place in nature if we keep telling ourselves that this was all created for us. The last kind of metaphor that I think we might use to understand the I am sayings and also a little bit of Van Gogh is imagine that you and I were walking down that road together. And we wanted to find Van Gogh. We wanted to find our source. Oops, I'm not supposed to leave the camera. Um, you wouldn't be able to find Van Gogh in the painting. Even if he painted Van Gogh, he still wouldn't be in the picture. Whatever our source is, does not exist in space and time. Or else it wouldn't be the source. So like the fish, is, there's saltiness, there's warmth. there's. What are the qualities of life? that awaken you to the sacred. John said it's sort of like bread, those simple things that fill your soul. The sacred is kind of like that. It's kind of like a gate that you come in and sometimes you need to kind of circle the wagons and, and come together with people just like you. And other times you feel called out from that. That's sort of what the sacred is like. It's sort of like a shepherd. It's sort of like a path but you only know it when you walk it for yourself. Jesus cannot carry us piggyback into our own fulfillment. So <clears throat> we come to the end of the series. And for me, um, I've hoped we could understand this sense of only. I'm the only way. I'm the only path. As a kind of urgency calling us to our one source and that we have to live certain ways. We have to love certain ways to remain rooted in, in where we come from. But I think today what's being said and added to that is it's not a person, it's a path. It's okay to picture it as a person, but ultimately it's in walking your path that you find what Jesus was talking about. That it's not about belief. It's about this awareness, about this contact, this experience of reality, whatever it is, sometimes painful, sometimes pointless, but always sacred. And then finally to realize that Jesus, the last thing Jesus is talking about is religion. If you leave here just with religion, Jesus said, I'm a thief and a robber. Right? If you leave here good Presbyterians, but bad human beings, that's not very helpful. But in the story, the idea is we know we're lost. We know we're like Thomas. We're like Philip. And the more we know about symbols and religions, a lot of times the further we get away from our source. So Jesus took people to the side right before he was to be executed. And before he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You were not orphans of the universe. 
He said, if you wanted to know God, that's what I was manifesting when I loved you, when I cared for you. Know when you go out in the world, that's what you can be for others. Sometimes that only starts if you can receive that yourself. So that's my hope of the gift of this sermon series, that you will go out in this insane time in history, this brutal time, and realize that what you're looking for is radiating out of you. That there's a sense in which you're a manifestation of the way, the truth, the life. So let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Well, this is my understanding of the text. We always take a minute for you to think of how you would understand these words.